welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and the Kafat region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahaman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. And joining me, as per usual, Jill Kirby, an astrologer from Victoria. Hi, Jill. Speak, dear. He said hello. Yay, I can hear you now. Sometimes you do need to speak up a little bit. And well, Jenna. Looking like a bit of a wreck tonight. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Jenna is also with us. She's on holidays. Ooh, that must be nice. Say hello. 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 Oh, nice. Nice. They have the biggest. Um, are beautiful trees I have ever seen. They are yes. monstrous, monstrous, yes. huge. Yeah, and just tons of them. Like yeah. of them. I just went for a walk looking at them, and like they just have yeah. a distinct smell about them as well. It's so nice. Yeah, they're okay, so on today's show, I am going to take us through all of the pieces that I've covered in the last three episodes. So that is, uh, and I'm going to go in this specific order. So I'm going to start with life distributions, which is taking the natal ascendant and depending on your latitude, moving it through the course of what would be sort of a standard lifetime, which might take you through three signs. It might take you through more if the sign that you started with is part of one that is short ascension. Um, then you could go through several signs. But if you start, let's say, with the long ascension style um, signs, then you might only get through three. Oh. And then the next piece I am going to look at is the annual perfections, which um, those are pretty standard for everybody in the sense that the, you know, the first house is zero. The second house is when you're turn one. Um, third house is when you turn two, et cetera, all the way. And then of course it starts over again at age 12, you will be in your first house perfection again. Um, but what is, creates the variability of course, is that sign has a ruler and where is he and what condition is he in? Because each of these that I'm going to go through represent a time Lord that is triggering certain um, configurations in a person's chart to say that, oh, we're going to highlight this piece of your character and these kinds of events. Um, one could say it from the point of view of karma, that certain pieces of karma get lit up at certain times in your life, um, because the whole chart isn't operative all at once. You're not getting married. You're not having babies when you're 10 right you know so but those well, some cultures <laughs> <laughs> true true <laughs> but not in our well who knows i mean mostly not in ours mostly not in ours exactly okay so from annual perfections i am then going to go to solar returns and that focuses on a specific year and Can that just, pulls in yes all right, can I just clarify, it is profections, not perfections? Yes, thank you. Okay, because sometimes it sounds like perfection, so I just wanted yeah. to... Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it uh-huh. is perfection. Um, and so then we go to solar return, which brings in where the planets are today, but sets it, it sort of like stops the clock when the sun comes back to the exact degree and minute and second, yada, yada, of when you were born. And so that can be the day before your actual birthday, the same day as your birthday, sometimes even the day after, depends. And just but, as we do in Western. Yes, yeah, which they call solar returns. Yes. Okay, so, and then the final piece of the puzzle is we then take the solar revolution ascendant and we get to move it all the way around the chart during the course of a year. And what that will give us is some specific timing for when the themes that all the other pieces are talking about will come to the fore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's quite the layering. <laughs> I didn't, I know we talked about this last time, but it's only just clicking for me yeah. now. Ah, okay. okay. The way you described that. I mean, I understood the general idea about how it connects yeah. Solar revolution. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have created, I spent like three hours today. I actually like creating the, the stuff that I create, but it, I, I'm always amazed when I look at the clock and I go, oh my yeah. God, I've been at this forever. Yeah, it's okay. kind of like any creative thing, I think. <laughs> okay. So what I first have to do is stop the share and go back to my thing here because I have it set for the wrong. I had it set for last. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So the person that I decided to run um, a series through uh, that... Um, we've already talked about so that the chart is oh that the chart is sort of familiar to the audience is with Christopher Reeve and um and so what I've done is I've created specific I've got three different dates that um I've done this with and the first one of course is when he um got the job of being Superman. And so this bizarre looking diagram that is now up, and if you want to follow along uh, with what I'm going to talk about, you go to my website, www.cardinalastrology.ca. And under the podcast tab, I've been mucking around with my website, and I apologize. There's just way too much technical things to learn. Anyway, um, and you go to the latest episode, which is 143. You too can follow along with the diagram. Okay, so what I haven't put on the diagram is the backdrop of the life distributions, which is when you take the ascendant and it moves ever so slowly, depending on the latitude, etc. And so this one is, he's 24 years old. It's 1976. And in the backdrop of this was the district. Okay, so it was the ascendant had moved to here, I believe. Uh, Yeah, so the, yes. Okay. Yeah, so the ascendant started at 21. And it, by the time he turned 24, it was only here. 
it was in cancer um and it's in um okay so this was the ascendant had moved oh actually no not on this chart on his natal chart right you were right to pause because this is his solar return chart so his solar return chart starts with um, an ascendant in Leo at 18 degrees. And so this would have been um, a Virgo. Um, it had, oh no, it had moved to Libra by the time he was 24. So obviously uh, Virgo was a short ascension for him. Um, and it had reached its own sign of um, Libra. Okay, so the distributor was Venus. And its partner was also Venus. And in his natal chart, Venus is incredibly well dignified. Um, and she's in Libra. She's in the third house. She's with the sun. So she's dignifying the sun, even though the sun is fallen, because the sun is in um, Libra. Yeah, is exalted in in is exalted in Aries, which is opposite Libra. Um, Mercury is also there, and he's in the heart of the Sun, which is an unusual place, because normally in Hellenistic, if the Sun, if a planet is within fifteen degrees of the Sun, then it's said to be under the beams and will not operate all that effectively. But if it's right next to the sun, like with in the same degree as the sun, then it's called in the heart of the sun. And it all of a sudden takes on a special, extraordinarily gifted position. And so his Mercury is in that condition natally, which is nice. Okay, so she's also got Saturn there. Saturn, although is the malefic that is not of the sect in favor, his chart is a night sect chart, but it's exalted. And so Saturn is either going to be incredibly good at being not good, or with oh. Venus there, it could be moderated from time to time, right? So my suspicion is, given that this is all in the third house, that in terms of acting, um, it gave him the discipline to learn the craft. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it also caused some problems <laughs> from time to time in his life, as we will see. Okay, so having Venus as um, the distributor, so Venus is very happy where she is, um, and having Venus as the partner, it's like bringing out the best of Venus. And Venus, when she's really happy, also rules the 10th house where Jupiter is. And that's the other benefic. So we've got definitely from a life chapter point of view, a moment of time which lasted a couple of years um, in which career, 10th house, you know, getting honors and recognition out there in the world was going to be definitely possible. Okay, so his birthday is in September. What is it? September the 25th. So the solar return that I looked at and the annual perfection was from the year before because I'm going to assume that he got the part before his birthday 
1977. So this, because that's what the web wiki says, you know, you got the part in 1977. Um, so 1976 is the solar revolution and the annual perfection. So at 24, um, it's a first house perfection. So um, in his uh, natal chart, that's Leo rising. So, you know, shining like a king, um, sun in Libra being taken care of with that Venus. Yes, his light is going to shine, right? It's the, you know, the playfulness and the, you know, obviously being um, hired to be a super person, <laughs> son and Leo, you know, you're going to be able to carry that confidence. Um, and um, we can also note, even though back in the Hellenistic times, they obviously didn't, he also had Pluto there, has Pluto there. So there'd be a magnetic, powerful piece that would have come in with it as well. Okay, so that puts the sun um, as the person, the, the Lord of the year. But what's interesting is when you have either one of the lights as Lord of the year, you have to pick a substitute, partially because the moon moves too quick. And they just said the sun it just doesn't work with. So obviously in his chart, because Mercury is in the heart of the sun, Mercury is the substitute every time, every 12 years when he has a annual perfection that is in Leo, a first house perfection. We will turn to Mercury as the Lord of the year. Okay. Um, so the other thing that that describes with the um, uh, annual, no, yeah, the annual perfections um, is it gives, uh, okay, so the ruler, the, the, you look to the sign that is the annual perfection, and that's Leo, and that gives us the timing angles of the distributions that the ascendant on the solar revolution will make. So on the chart, we have the substitute Lord of the year, which is Mercury. And I've got it highlighted here. We have Leo, which is the annual perfection where it shows up in the solar revolution, which is that third house, which is where the sun normally would be. Um, it does have Saturn. And there was, what's interesting about it is he had to, he put on 20 kilos with a trainer to beef himself up to be Superman. That's 40 pounds of muscle. Like, my God, that's a lot of working out. Yeah. Yeah. And so that Saturn in this particular point in his life that is natally in his um, third house was obviously working in a positive way, gave him the discipline to just make that happen. Okay, so then you set the angles 
And in theory, the theory is, is that the promise of the time frame is to occur in one of these four sections or where the ascendant passes an aspect to the Lord of the year. Okay. So if you're going to do this for yourself, I would recommend literally setting up your own chart in this diagram style way. And what you can see here is, okay, so his solar revolution um, actually came on the 24th in 1976. Um, it moved into Cancer on the 3rd of October of 76. It moved into Leo on the 8th of November. The Ascendant then would have crossed in conjunction, you know, it would have done the conjunction to Saturn on a specific day. And the uh, you can either, with cryptocurrency, buy Delphic Oracle, which will produce this list, or Janus Software will produce the list. And I also think AstroSeq does it as well. We'll give you the distributions through the bounds of your solar revolution. <coughs> Darn, I need a cup of water. <laughs> Shit. <coughs> did I just deaf did I just deafen everybody? <coughs> no, it wasn't that loud. It's interesting that Saturn, Saturn is sextiling the sun, isn't it? Yes, it is actually. Oh. Oh. Okay, I think I'm back. Yes, at 11 degrees. It is in the solar revolution. about him building all the muscle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And training for the glamour of it all the glamour of it all exactly okay so and again the dates just show the time in which the um distributions by the ascendant are moving around the chart and so they can in theory pinpoint okay so what are we looking for we're looking for um a claim from the life chapter um, because of the Venus ruling the 10th, and also a claim for third house skill development, because that's where Venus is natally. Now, from the solar or from the annual perfections, we're in a first house. So that is his identity and the ascendant also equals the body. So we're looking for periods of time in which the body is a feature and his his identity, how he sees himself, can he, and he obviously could see himself as playing the role of Superman, and that no, he wasn't going to wear a bodysuit, he was actually going to create the body, the identity that would fit the role, you know, so he, he did that as well. Okay, so if we look at um, the solar revolution, funnily enough, the part of fortune, which is a favorable piece wherever it shows up, and Jupiter, which normally in his natal chart sits in the 10th, is kind of saying, okay, okay, I think I can help you out here. And with Mercury being the, um, you know, default 
uh, Lord of the Year because it's the sun. Um, yeah, it is ruled by that Mercury. So it's, it's like things are not discordant to this point in, in going through these levels. Okay, so Mercury itself is in great shape. Uh, Mercury is exalted in uh, Virgo. It's not just ruling Virgo, it is also exalted there. As you can see, it's in the bounds of Mars. So it's going to allow him to really exercise in his natal chart. He has moon conjunct Mars in Sag in the fifth house of being a manly man on a horse or whatever. Like, it's just... <laughs> You know, go, go forth and defend the truth and uphold justice and because that's a whole sad thing. And here you've got the moon conjunct Mars exactly. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is just in the fifth, right? It's like taking the skills that he develops natally in the third and moving it to the fifth and go, okay, let's put it out there. Well, it's also, yeah. it's also in terms of the bodybuilding thing. It's Yeah. Yeah. And you're creating this thing of some kind of beauty, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I have to admit that as a woman, um, a welly, a well-carved six-pack actually puts a <laughs> smile on my face. <laughs> I have to say. It's well, true. Yeah, looking at that Venus and Mars and how you know fairly close they are as well. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> oh yes. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a bad thing in my books. Okay, so um, let's see now. Where was I going here? Okay, so natal ascendant ruler is in the fifth. That's what we just talked about. And there are lots of repeating patterns, like Jill has already mentioned. Moon conjunct Mars is definitely a repeat. Um, the Jupiter that is normally on an angle in his natal chart is still on an angle. It's now on the first. Um, and Jupiter also trines the sun, um, which normally rules that first house. So and, this and is... And Saturn is conjunct the sun, is it, in his natal chart? Um, no, the sun is at two degrees. Uh, Saturn in Leo would um, at 13 is very no, close I mean, to being conjunct yes. the ascendant. And you were talking about his natal house and isn't Saturn's in the third in his natal or something? Um, it is, but it is hmm, 14 degrees away from the sun. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then from here, um, if we had a literal biography, and there's probably been a biography written from him, we could look at through his distributions with the solar revolution at, you know, when he auditioned. And in theory, they would be during the time that the ascendant went through Leo or went through Scorpio or went through Aquarius or through Taurus. Now, the other way that this can work out is when it echoes a specific theme in the birth chart. So that's the other timing that you can look at and when the ascendant would be tripping a specific piece. So like the best one would be as if he auditioned literally when the ascendant, like so 
at the end of August, you know, in August, because that is his 10th house, right? And that's where Jupiter is. But I don't have access, obviously, to that level of his biography. We just know that in 1977, um, he did get cast for that role. Okay. Casting can, that can be a long process. Oh, exactly, exactly. And there was like, I don't know, 200 people audition for that role yeah yeah okay so this also shows that uh, pluto so the solar revolution also gives you an idea of where the big planets were and obviously with pluto going through his natal third house um, aspecting the sun um, i often see pluto as a time in a person's life when they're they're shuffled to the very front of the pack and you know their Pluto's life on, Pluto's on the midpoint of the sun moon Mars isn't it uh could be yeah yeah in that year exactly but it's on his ascendant so um having Pluto come to the sun it's like yeah and with Leo rising your identity is now getting pushed to the front of the pack yeah that's how I read that Okay. Um, all right. Given the time, I am going to move on to the next one. Okay. So um, the second chart that I put all these pieces together for is when he buys the horse. <clears throat> and so this is 1993. He's now 41 years old, he actually buys the horse in 1994. But again, you know, just given his birthday is in September, um, I cast it for the earlier year, because by the time um, the accident that happened to him in 1995, he was actually winning things with his equestrian stuff. So my suspicion is the horse was bought early in 1994 so that he could gain the experience and yada, yada, yada. So that's the story I'm sticking with. <laughs> okay, so life at this time, so the life distributions, now it has moved to uh, the bounds of Jupiter. So that's who the distributor is. Um, and that went from 1990 to um, 1993. So just before he bought it, he was in a Mars distribution or certain Jupiter distribution with Mars as the partner. But then by August of 1993, so that's coming up to where the solar revolution, we now have Jupiter, Jupiter. And I thought, oh, so, you know, he's had a career in film, um, you know, the Superman franchise ran out, but then he, you know, he did other films. But I suspect he was probably reasonably well off. And with a moon Mars in Sag in the fifth, which is all about play and having a good time and doing male horse things, because <laughs> literally Sag is a man on a horse, <laughs> um, coming to a Jupiter, Jupiter. And Jupiter uh, is... Yeah, it's on the tent. So is he going to do it competitively? Yeah. Does he want recognition for it? Yeah. And so it just made way too much sense that, <laughs> that, you know, so 
he probably did buy it in early of 1994. Okay, so then we look at, because Jupiter is the distributor, how happy is that Jupiter in Taurus? Okay, because this is the piece that's being um, amplified for this year. Okay, so Jupiter being ruled by Venus. Venus, unfortunately, in her rulerships cannot see the other house that it rules if she's in one of them. Mm -hmm. So that even though Venus rules Taurus and she's in Libra, she can't actually help that Jupiter out, uh, which is kind of interesting. But Jupiter is a benefic. It's the lesser benefic um, because this he was born with a night chart. Okay, he does square the ascendant and um, squares that nodal axis. So that could create a bit of a challenge because the ascendant is with the south node, not the north node. Okay, so and the other house that he rules, Jupiter, is the eighth house, Pisces. Okay, so he rules that house. And he, of course, also rules that moon Mars, right? So it's pulling the moon Mars, um, connecting it with the eighth house of trauma. Um, it's squaring the nodal axis and it's right there up in the 10th. So it is a minor benefic in this case, but things could go sideways and the other aspects of the chart that it rules, um, going sideways is not gonna be a good thing. <laughs> okay, so the next piece is, um, okay, so the annual perfection is sixth house. Now, natally, his sixth house is Capricorn and that's ruled by Saturn. Um, and so the Lord of the year will be Saturn. And having Saturn ruling the sixth house, um, you know, it gives him the discipline to obviously take a horse and, and he's got all that third house stuff, um, which is where Saturn is exalted. And so in terms of training um, a large animal, um, I'm sure, you know, he just was right on top of doing that. But being in the sixth house, it is also saying, you know, like, who's the boss? Because normally the sixth house from a Hellenistic point of view is you are less than, you are not the person on top. Okay. So that might have been a clue. Um, and so whether or not Venus, which is also part of this picture because it rules that Jupiter that's in the chapter of his life, like sort of twice, it's a double Jupiter, Jupiter. Um, and it is trying to soften that exalted Saturn in Libra in the third, which is ruling this uh, sixth house configuration. Um, and, you know, so it's like, hmm, hmm. Now, Venus is conjunct Chiron in this too. Yes, it is. Yeah, in that third house of did we actually learn the skill? And exactly. In Virgo too, which. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's going to demand a high level of skill. Yeah. 
<clears throat> okay, so we know that with a Saturn piece, that because it is the malefic not of the sect in favor, that any missteps with Saturn is going to create not good things. And typically with Saturn, what that is, is a constriction, right? With If Mars is the malefic that is not of the sect in favor, we get... Um, you know, we get cutting and violence and that type of um, difficulty. But with Saturn, it's constriction. And as a sidebar, Saturn also rules the bones, right? Which, as yeah. we're going to see in the next year, is not a good thing. Saturn. So, <clears throat> uh huh. Exactly. So the Saturn then, where it shows up, so. Uh, the first thing that Saturn gives us, or that the annual perfection gives us, is what are the um, uh, angles that give us the timing. And so um, it's the sixth house perfection, and in the solar revolution, that is now the seventh. And so the angles are seven, tenth, first, and fourth. So these will be the timings that could be the most dominant. Um, and then of course we draw the aspects of when the ascendant is going to make a direct aspect, the Lord of the year, uh, which is that Saturn. And these are the lines and the arrows. Now you can include the sextile, but only if it falls in one of the preferred angles. Otherwise, like for instance, the, sextile to Sag is not in an angle and the ancient said yeah it's not likely going to show anything okay so again i don't have the biography of exactly when he bought the horse um but when i look at this i think that um <clears throat> so where's taurus 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 is my suspicion is, is he probably bought it in July, like when um, there was a square to Saturn, okay, in this Taurus section. But, you know, if I had the biography, it would probably give us a date and we'd be able to see where on this clock it actually occurred, okay? It's a bit of layering. <laughs> You guys are just like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of layering. I don't know that the, the Saturn opposition really stands out to me being in Leo mm -hmm. with all that fifth house that we previously looked at. Yeah. And that loaded fifth house. And so this is like, well, and, know, and, and having, saying, yeah, like staring at that Leo being like, that's not really you. Like that wasn't you, but that's not what this time is about right now. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is um, in your annual perfections, when you come up to a Saturn perfection, which is the first one will always be Capricorn, but guess what? Saturn does two in a row. Mm -hmm. So if Saturn is not your malefic of the sect in favor, then you can pretty much count on two years in which you got to have your head up, you got to be paying attention, you got to be taking responsibility, because Saturn is not going to give you a good time, right? And it's two years in a row. So not surprising that in the next set, of course, 
it's Saturn again. And this is the year, it's 1995. So again, the accident actually occurred in May. And so I did the solar revolution for 1994 because it was still in effect by May. But in the background now, um, we have, okay, so this has changed from Jupiter, Jupiter to Mars, Jupiter, mm. right? So the ascendant natally. That's almost like a definition of accident with a horse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just so the distributions through life, right? You know, yeah, it's the, these timings and when I first heard about um, this methodology, um, the guy who uh, I did, you know, I downloaded both of his um, workshops on it. He said, you'll be kind of shocked when you see how well this works. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. And okay. So unfortunately, Mr. Reeves and his horse had a bad day. Okay, so like I said, in the life chapter, it's now Mars with Jupiter as the partner, and his Mars natally is not unhappy, okay, it's in a masculine sign, it's with the moon, but the moon and the moon and Mars are actually of the same sect team, and he is a night sect chart, so he is the lesser malefic. So if this had been a day chart with moon Mars, he probably would not have lived, right? Because it would have just cut life. But because Mars is not the major malefic in a night chart, um, it kind of saved his bacon, I would say. Okay, so um, it does sextile, Saturn does sextile that Mars. And what's interesting is all of a sudden I realized in his natal chart, his ascendance at 18 Leo, Mars is at 18 Sag, and Saturn is at 16 Libra, obviously hmm. on the midpoint. And so this is what it says about um, the sun ascendant. It said fighting spirit. Okay, and then you put the damper on of Saturn, and this inhibits the fighting spirit. So, you know, here would have been a guy who was just like gung-ho to win every champion, you know, every con contest that he was, mm -hmm. you know, horse jumping and all the rest of it. He would have been just like all over that. But Saturn was going, wait a minute, bud, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, so his annual perfection, like I said, just moved up the next sign. So it went from the sixth house to the seventh house. And one of the meanings of the seventh house is partnership. And so if you think about, you know, horsemanship, oh. it is a partnership. Absolutely. Yeah, and it needs to be of equals, right? It can't be one dominating the other um, because then you're not in tune with the horse and you know obviously when he approached that jump he was not in tune with the horse that went yeah I don't think I can do this yeah okay so um, now 
in his solar revolution for this one, um, Saturn is now in the sixth in Pisces. So last year he was still in Aquarius. So he was very dignified. Um, and probably he was paying way more attention to how he managed the horse when Saturn was in Aquarius, but then he probably got lazy about it. I'm not sure. Saturn in Pisces, the whole world's about to go through another Saturn in Pisces. This is not really a good fit. <laughs> Saturn in Pisces. I think Pisces is more generals. Well, it is as well. Um, and, um, but it's Saturn's ability to really do what it can do in a positive way is harder to pull off when it's in Pisces. And it, yeah. yeah. But if you're trying to exercise control over something that's quite nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, tuning into the horse, if he wasn't paying attention, he wouldn't have tuned in, right? Saturn and Pisces. Yeah. Okay, so and unfortunately, sixth house is also health. Health about what? Saturn, bones. Okay, so and the new angles are in cardinal signs. Uh, no, the new angles are not in cardinal signs. The new angles are in fixed signs. Yes, because why are they in fixed signs? Yeah, no, they should have been in cardinal signs. Oh, I have this wrong. I do, I do. They should have been because Saturn was in Libra. So it should have again been, I apologize, I'm going to have to fix this one. Um, so they would have been first, seventh, uh, yeah, tenth and fourth. Okay. So my dots are in the wrong place and I can't move them. But what I can do on the screen is I can put little X's through them. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong <laughs> oh dear well, that's what happens after three hours of trying to build these things oh well okay so it should have been here and here and here and here there we go okay. I, really, I really like the dots though it really it really clarifies it does help. Pivotal it, point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they're meant to be. Okay. So <clears throat> look at Neptune Uranus conjunct. Oh, I know. I know. And it's opposite. Oh, look, Mars is on the midheaven. <laughs> and it's opposite Neptune Uranus. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if we had have done this chart for him for this next year, um, you know, Mars as the distributor, Jupiter as the partner. So that puts that Mars way prominent. It's on the angles in the solar revolution. And so, you know, we would have all been saying heads up, um, you know, you screw up and that, that Mars is, is not going to be a good thing, but because it is in a night chart, no, this is a day chart. No, it is the malefic. It is the greater malefic because that sun is above the horizon. Oh, well, and he broke his neck, right? So it's his head that was... Yep, exactly. Yeah, so he only had from his head up. He was a quadriplegic. Oh, yeah. and where's rules Yeah. So this, you know, danger, danger, danger. <laughs> 
would have been part of the signature. <clears throat> okay, so what happened and when did it happen? So the ascendant, it chunks around. It started uh, September here, <clears throat> pardon me, at six degrees. And if you notice, there's a grand trine yeah. at this six degree, right? From Saturn to the midheaven to Venus, right? Um, and so <clears throat> grand trines can make energy move without conscious thought. Um, and there is no release point, um, except yep. for maybe the Mars, right? But it isn't in the technical kite configuration. No, it's but not it part of the grand trine. Yeah, but unfortunately, it turned out to be the releaser. So here we go. Mars is so, trying Pluto. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In Scorpio. So, um, you know, the sun and the other thing is the sun is on the ascendant. So this is going to be about his identity and about his body this year. So the moon, moon is trining that ascend, that sun ascendant. Too. Yes, yes, it is. So, you know, there would have been, you know, if you had seen him beforehand, you would have been cautioning him about, you know, this Mars, because, you know, if you have an accident, it's going to be really public. Um, you would have been saying that, you know, you've got to shift up your identity, you got to pay attention to your body this year. Those would have been some of the things that you might say. Um, okay, so we move this ascendant. And you can see with the dates when it moves into different signs. And so I was thinking, well, I was thinking with my dots and they're in the wrong place. <clears throat> but, um, you know, where is this Saturn going to be making aspects? And, you know, so obviously it didn't happen in October. Um, you know, it didn't happen in the February, but where it does happen. So this was just way too bizarre. So the ascendant gets to the 26th of May, 1995, and it changes signs into cancer. The very next day is when the accident happens. So this is in Mars's bounds. Mm -hmm. We've got Mars here and cancer natally is the 12th house. And what was with that cancer in the 12th house? Ah, Uranus, a shocking self-undoing. You put and Mars up here and Mars, oh, look, is opposite Uranus. Mm. The signature for this is just too wild. And then, of course, Saturn, which is the Lord of the year, is trining the MC. It changed his position out there in the world. It constricted it. It shut it down. Saturn was is the malefic in this man's chart even though occasionally he was able to make it work yeah well and uranus is conjunct neptune which rules that saturn too yeah so yeah oh my gosh yeah it yeah. was the the way this worked out was just do 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 <laughs> and you know if i had to put the dots in the right place right then the dots would have been here and so that whole timing section does work especially for big events yeah mm. yeah definitely worth a system to walk through slowly because there's a lot of layers um but your final layer actually gives you you know some time frames to look out 
during the other thing that was happening, which was just, um, and I wrote this down. Where did I write it down? Oh, I wrote it on the back of this. Okay, so check this part out. So, uh, November the 13th, 1993, we have a eclipse at 21 degrees Scorpio. Where's his Jupiter? His Jupiter natally is 20 degrees of Taurus. Next eclipse. And so you can see that the eclipses are going from his second to his eighth house. Eighth house the is the contraction of trauma, right? So November 29th of 1993, the nodes are back in Sag Gemini and they're at seven degrees of Gemini. Look where his moon is, right? Okay. Um, and that squares seven degrees, that's Saturn. So that's in November of 1993. May 10th, um, it is another eclipse. It's at 19 degrees of Taurus. That's exactly on his Jupiter at 20 degrees, right? And remember, this is a Mars uh, life chapter with uh, distribution with Jupiter as the partner, All right? Okay, May 24th, just three days before the actual um, accident, he has, again, the nodes backed up into Gemini Sag. He has uh, an eclipse at three degrees of Sag, exactly opposite this moon. Right, and Sag is natally where his moon Mars is. I just was kind of gobsmacked when I realized, I thought, okay, I should look at where those eclipses are happening. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very eerie, actually. Yeah. So questions. It's, it's so precise. Exactly, exactly. And this is something, you know, I, it's funny. I saw uh, a thing go through on Facebook today where the chronometer, um, somebody was talking about the chronometer um, that was discovered in a ship that um, had sunk around the time of the Hellenistic era. And the chronometer was the mathematical tool that they used, for, that astrologers used to do all these calculations, right? Mm -hmm. And the clip that went through, though, someone was saying, well, maybe this proves that we're an alien species that came onto Earth. And, and I'm just thinking, no, honey. Oh, my gosh. It's a gizmo for figuring out astrological positions. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Mars is also square Mercury. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep, it is. Yep. I mean, his mobility was... Yes. Was yep. totally affected by his. Yeah. And just that, you know, Saturn is, you know, constriction and bones. Oh, and course. yeah. Yeah, he was totally limited. Yep. Exactly. And is Chiron in the bounds of Venus? Uh, let's see. Where is Chiron? Let me find him. And Virgo. Oh, right. 17. Uh, I have a sheet that will tell me. Okay. Virgo. Um, okay. No, it's in the bounds of Jupiter. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So, and again, we're Mars, Jupiter. Mm -hmm. right? Mars is the main chapter dis distributor and Jupiter is the partner. So, yeah. Yeah. Painful. And what Jupiter does is it, it expands things. It yeah. doesn't have a moral piece that goes with it. It's whatever it's, uh, you know, impacting, it just expands it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my suspicion is, is the reason why he didn't die from this accident was the fact that Venus um, was in Libra in his third house of skills and that kind of thing. And it just took the edge off that exalted Saturn, which was his conjunct Jupiter there too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you've got the two um, benefics together. But they're in Scorpio, which is which is trauma and big trauma because the North Node is there. And then, like I said, we've got, you know, so it was a Jupiter halfway through a Jupiter cycle. And those eclipses were falling on that Jupiter and on the moon, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. And Mars is training Pluto, which it's still. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's a sign Scorpio, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it um, it was not going to be a good year for him. You know, when you compare that to how good. Oh, let me just um, let me I'll stop the share and then come back. Um, you know, in comparison to the to the year that, um, you know, he got the part, oh, yeah. you know, this was all Venus and, you know. You yeah and fifth house and leo and yeah so you know you can have these years that yay and then you can have years where it's like okay there's a rock i need to find it and hide under it <laughs> yeah okay look at that we have we're down to four minutes so um i was talking to my co-presenters um, so you, the folks out there, um, we're going to continue on as normal through to the, about the 16th of August. And then the show is going to change up a bit. Um, and so Jill, do you, you know, I'm just going to try putting you on the spot. Any ideas for a show next week? Um, let me think. No. <laughs> No, no problem, no problem. Uh, the top of my very tired head, I'm sorry. Yes, I know, I know. We will come up with something entertaining, yeah. I am sure. Yeah, I am I had sure. a thought, but it's gone away. It'll come back. <laughs> I had a <laughs> and, it, and if Jenna comes up with an idea while she's on her mini vacation, we will gratefully appreciate That's that. Right. Yeah. We'll come maybe. Up Maybe something to do with writers because it's I'm writing. So Ooh, writers. <laughs> yes. You know what we could do is we could look um, at, uh, you know, the very popular Canadian writer. Um, blah, 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 what's her name? Um, that wrote the dystopian and that became Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood. Yes. yes. She has quite the chart. We could do that. That's a possibility. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. 
the other one is Agatha Christie's chart is mind-boggling. Yes. Oh, there's, yeah, there's lots of writers we could probably find yeah. the charts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we could look at, yeah, I'll check out what writers I can come up with. Sure, sure, that sounds good. In, which ones are most interesting? Yeah. Sounds good. There we go. Okay, we have a theme for next week. Yay, writers. <laughs> Okay, folks. So in the meantime, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Cathet Regions Community Radio Station. And we will say goodbye until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.